Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, one second. There we go. Hi, I'm Danielle van der Donk, and you're listening to the Arsenal Ask Us on... That's fine, that's fine, that's fine. Can I just keep going? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah go for it. I can Hi, I'm Danielle van der Donk, and you're listening to the Arsenal Warm Ask Us on arsenalblog.com. Perfect, thank you. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Women Arsecast on Arsblog.com, the best podcast about the Arsenal women's team. The fact that it's the only podcast about the Arsenal women's team is neither here nor there. It is still the best, even if there were hundreds of them. Um, you are with me, your host, Tim Stillman, and your other host, Pippa Monique. Pippa. Hello. Hello. What are you saying? How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm really good. Happy that the season's about to start. Well, by the time this is out I'm sure it started isn't it <laughs> yeah 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 could be could be um, yeah I understand you've got a bit of a mad house at the moment so like yeah so it's, apologies for any noise <laughs> if you're in, yeah summer holidays it's like a fun house in here. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So um, we've got a really great episode for you this week. We've got um, we've got two really, really good interviews, um, which we'll kind of drop in um, during the show. But I mean, first off, there's really no better place to start than with the most recent pre-season friendly, which saw um, a Jill Rod hat-trick um, and Arsenal beating Tottenham six nil at Meadow Park, which and kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was it was a good game, wasn't it? Because it had been like a maybe a slightly worrying preseason before that with yeah. some not great results. But then again, we were coming up against European teams that are very very lucrative in what they do. So it, it, you know, it's, it's getting us prepared for next season Champions League football. Uh, but to come up against Tottenham, newly promoted side. I was expecting a win, but not that huge uh, of a goal difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I spoke to Joe about this afterwards and he said, you know, they they realised they did some of the games. But like, you know, the Bayern Munich game, that was yeah. more of a commercial thing than anything. Um, and he said, like, look, we wanted to do the first half with Champions League teams and then the second half with, you know, WSL teams. So we had a London derby with West Ham behind closed doors, had this London derby with Spurs as well. And you know they 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 looked like again like the 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 opposition was slightly inferior, but they they did yeah. genuinely look quite a bit better, didn't they? Yeah, of course. But it was a very entertaining game for us, obviously. <laughs> and and of course, Jill Rod um, scoring a hat trick on the day as well. Did you speak to her afterwards, or was that Sam? I can't. I didn't. Get, I didn't get a chance to. I know Sam did. Uh, Jill actually approached me to come and speak to me, but I wasn't. I was already in a mid conversation, and I was. Oh, I was kicking myself afterwards. That I didn't just <laughs> cut off my conversation and get a chance to speak to her because she was clearly buzzing to you know get a hat trick. I know it's just a pre-season game, but she was clearly in high spirits. Um, 
don't worry, I'll get a, I'll get a chance to speak to her during the season. Yeah, yeah, and actually at the time of recording, Netherlands are playing and she scored um, ah. for, for her country as well. So um, yeah, hopefully that's that's like a good omen for the West Ham game. But yeah. I think really the story of this game um, is the return from injury of Jordan Nobbs, who came on yes. as a second half substitute, scored a goal pretty much straight away, and. Yeah. I mean, you were in the kind of mix zone as well afterwards. This game yeah. was all about Jordan, right? A hundred percent. I mean, I know that the, the hat trick and all the other, uh, there were so many other people on the score sheet, but Jordan Nobbs to return from an injury, uh, uh, quite a disappointing summer for her not being in the World Cup and to come back home, first game, first few minutes under a belt, well, that's not behind closed doors. And to get, and it wasn't, it was an, an amazing goal. Yeah. On the, was it just on a half volley or volley? It, it, she kind of t- it was it was a first time finish, wasn't it? Aside yeah. from, I, I, I have to confess, I slightly missed it because I think we so scored just before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd scored just before, and I think I was still tweeting about the third goal. Yeah, see, um, see I was I was already filming because I was reacting to the previous goal, and then Jordan Nob scored, and I was like, oh, I just missed it. <laughs> um, but I'm so happy for her, and I, and I got a chance to speak to her afterwards, and. You know, she's really positive, which is great to see. Uh, it takes a, like, a really strong mental state to get to get back from such an injury. And she's really positive. And one of the things that stuck out to me, she said that she wants to become one of the best midfielders in the world. She didn't say female, one of the best midfielders in the world. And that says a lot to me. So I'm really excited about the season now. Is, is, is that the first time you'd interviewed Jordan? It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I... I... I've known her a little while like I think I first interviewed her in about 2012 something like that and um, it's been like it's been a real pleasure to watch her grow as a footballer because she kind of came to Arsenal as as a teenager with like lots and lots of potential but Mm -hmm. I I think she already is um, one of the best midfielders in the world and and for me when I watch Arsenal you know you know sometimes you just latch on to a couple of players and you think yeah "Yeah, they're Arsenal and I I look at players like um, you know like Leah and like Jordan and mm-hmm. I think yeah that that's Arsenal to me when I come and watch these this team these are the people like I feel like I identify with and I think about first and and yeah. you know seeing Jordan back is just such a you know obviously it's great for Arsenal but just even like I don't know about you but on a personal level I almost feel like uh feel this uh, not pride I think that sounds quite weird but you know I, I, I feel this like <laughs> immense back. <laughs> yeah 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 like I, I just feel this like satisfaction of watching her play for Arsenal for, playing for Arsenal again because she's such like an easy player to relate to if you're a fan yeah yeah 100% and uh, and and as as we said like uh, Pippa and I had the chance to talk to her um, after the game um, she was she was a bit exhausted bless her because yeah. you can as you can imagine there were a lot of people wanted to talk to her and mm-hmm. she, I, I won't mention the name of the guy but stupidly <laughs> I, I allowed someone to go before me to interview her Thanks. and um <laughs> and uh, and like Pippa and I were queuing up also to interview her and um yeah she she actually had to ask the, to stop the, the <laughs> interview. Like, How much number are going to be? Yeah 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 cuz it's it was like 33 degrees she hadn't played for 9 months and bless her she was absolutely knackered but she like she, yeah, and, she, and to note, it was it was so hot that day as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we were standing in the sun, and like, but you know, she's she's a total pro with this kind of thing. So let let's roll uh, that interview in, and you you might hear that she's kind of gasping for breath a little bit along the way. <laughs> 
All right, first of all, Jordan, um, you played a behind-closed-doors game last week and played 20 minutes, but what were your emotions today at being able to run out at Meadow Park and to cap it with a goal against Spurs? Yeah, these emotions were uh, another level, I think, to be back at Boreham Wood. Um, it's just the best feeling. I've, I've played here for God knows how many years, and uh, to be back on the pitches is all I've wanted to do for, for nine months. So, yeah, uh, it was a good feeling. And uh, you still had a massive part in the title uh, win last season, even though you missed half the season. Um, of course, you missed the World Cup. How much more determined does that make you to kind of really grab hold of this season? <laughs> you know, I, if I'm being honest, I think the main thing is keeping me fit. Um, I think it's looking after my body and, and doing the right things. But, um, you know, I think my ability will hopefully show and, and prove how hard I've worked over the next nine months. Um, I want to be known as one of the best midfielders in the world and... Uh, you know, I, I want to play in a major tournament uh, and, and show what I can do in, in centre midfield. So it's just a, a building block for me. But, um, you know, this club has got me in a good place right now and it's just about building on that. Anna, you talked about kind of keeping yourself fit. Obviously, Joe's added Jill Rod, um to the team. Um, Kim and DVD really stepped up in your absence. Um, it seems like he can really afford maybe to kind of take it a bit more slowly with you. Yeah, I think, um, you know... No one wants to rush me back. I think it's just building my minutes and, and getting that game time. And um, if I'm honest, I think we've got a big squad for a reason because we've got a lot of games coming up. We've got three games in a week, and um, I think Joe needs that to, you know, keep pushing his team, but also, you know, keep performing at a high level. So, um, you know, now we're in Champions League football. We need a, a bit bigger squad, and I, I think what what we've added to this team. I mean, Jill obviously getting a hat trick today. Um, I think we've added some strength and depth and, and that's the best thing for this club. And Joe said uh, on the website earlier this week he talked about the injury actually being quite a good thing for you in terms of, um, he said that it made you more conscious of your role as a leader in the <laughs> squad. Um, first of all, do you agree? And assuming you do, is that a conscious thing or is that something that's just kind of crept up with the process? Uh, maybe a bit of both. I think you, you see a different outlook on, on the game and, and the way people feel when they're injured or... Um, maybe not playing or um, you know you see a lot from the outside because you're not in training and games so you see a lot of um, you know the, the talking that goes on behind the scenes and I think whatever way I can help with that I want to be a part of that but um, you know I'd like to think that everything that happens to you in football it adapts and, and makes you grow as a player and a person and, and this injury you know has, has made me uh, hopefully a stronger person and uh, I spoke to Dan after her comeback um, up at Liverpool um, and she said, you know, I'm conscious that the recovery is not over yet, um, not physically, but also the psychological side. How, how long do you think it will take in terms of learning to trust your knee again? I think you trust it, that's why you're back on the pitch, but I think it's just more about looking after your body and, um, you know not fatiguing yourself too much because when fatigue sets in, you obviously um, isolate and weaker parts of your body so I think it's just more about me looking after my minutes and, and building my confidence up but I, I think you don't really know that time but I think on the pitch you, you've got to be confident or you know I think you need a bit longer to, to just develop that that process and final question um, the Fiorentina draw in the Champions League now it's, uh, it's all does it feel much more real now um, <laughs> after kind of I mean you played last summer in the competition five years ago how exciting was it when that draw was made and now that's on the horizon yeah uh, our WhatsApp group was uh, going off and uh, it's, it's just to be great to be back I think um, we knew that we could have had a, a different draw and um, I think the fact that we're going to Italy and, and Joe's obviously got some 
connections with Italy as well. It's just a, a nice moment for us to be back in Champions League and, and we're not there to you know, to just play in one game, we're there for the long run. Thank you, thanks very much. Okay, so that was Jordan Nobbs um, upon her comeback, and uh, I think she got a few more minutes as well this week with um, with the under-21s, actually, um, to try and keep things sharp so that she's ready for, for the new season. But, I mean, the happiness of seeing Jordan Nobbs back, um, probably tempered by the news around Danielle Carter earlier this Ooh. summer, Pippa. Devastating news. I still still cannot get over that. I just... I. My, literally my thoughts with Danielle I don't know how she's coping but I know she'll come back stronger I hope she'll come back stronger yeah I mean I mean I, w- I was sitting just down from you at the, uh, the Emirates when it happened and I, yeah. I think we both knew straight uh, she knew what she'd done straight away yeah. and I think you can see when a player knows and I think we said at the time didn't we we were like yeah. oh shit that's the same knee isn't it exactly and yeah yeah just just such like um such a crusher for her and you know to to have to go through that recovery again and like like you say it's it's not just like the physical side of it but the mental side of it for her just you know it's 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 such a downer really it is and and it's more annoying the fact that it's such a common injury in the women's game um and that i guess you're going to get onto that now aren't you about who we spoke to recently uh about why women get these ACL injuries in the in, well, female athletes in general yeah yeah precisely it's, I mean it's a question I've been asked a lot like you know a, a fair few Arsenal players you know namely Jordan and, and Dan have had ACL injuries recently yeah. Kim Little had one two years ago I mean if you've you know any women's footballer that's played for at least five or six years usually has one and a few you know Megan Rapinoe's had three um, and that yeah I think that tells you a lot and Claire Rafferty as well she had three um, it's 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 super common and, and I'm asked about this all the time like why does this happen um, so often and I think the stats say that women uh, footballers or or, or, or women footballers and basketball players as well are something like four to six times more likely to rupture their uh, anterior cruciate, li- cruciate ligament than men um, which is an amazing statistic really um, so yeah Pippa and I thought rather than kind of theory because there's lots of theories out there right I don't know how many of them you've read uh, I've heard one something to do with uh, the hips the ratio to the knees is it yeah that's a common one that I've heard quite a lot recently um, and I'm sure you've heard quite a few over the years yeah yeah that and the fact that like the pitches aren't great like which mm-hmm. I think is a small part of it and like boots are still made for men's feet which I think is a small part of it but um, yeah I've read a lot of these theories but um, Pippa and I thought rather than kind of theorising why don't we talk to someone who knows yeah um, so we were we were absolutely delighted and privileged to be joined by Pete Gallagher who is um, a knee surgeon who specialises in repairing ruptured anterior cruciate ligaments and Pippa and I um, had a word with him um, just a you know just talking a little bit about the basics about what the injury is how you repair it um but most notably why female athletes suffer it so much more often than men so um here's that interview with pete now 
One of the questions I'm asked uh, most commonly when we post stories on Ask Blog News, particularly about injuries, uh, of which we've had quite a few at Arsenal over the last year or so, um, is why there's such a proliferation of knee injuries in the squad. And you'll have seen recently Danielle Carter uh, ruptured her anterior cruciate ligament last May and then unfortunately on her first start back in July ruptured it again. Um, which is which is really tragic for for her and for Arsenal. And but in kind of better news, we've got Jordan Nobbs, who's just coming back from having ruptured her anti- anterior cruciate ligament. Um, and lots of people always ask me why um, is this such an issue at Arsenal. And I try and explain it's actually more of an issue in women's football and female athletes who are a lot more susceptible to anterior cruciate ligament injuries. Um, but instead of me telling you that. Pippa and I thought it would be good to get an expert on the podcast to actually talk a little bit about anterior cruciate ligament injuries and why they're so um, prevalent in female athletes. So it's my absolute pleasure um, to welcome knee surgeon Pete Gallagher. Pete, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, not a problem at all. Nice to come on and chat. Um, Pete, if we start with the basics, first of all, um, absolute kind of layman stuff, what is the anterior cruciate ligament? Um, what happens when it ruptures and why is this such a bad injury? The anterior cruciate ligament is one of the four main ligaments that keep the knee in place. And it's one of the most common injuries in sport, especially in rotational sports, along with the medial ligament. And it stops the knee from moving forwards, the shin bone moving forwards and the thigh bone but its main role is actually to keep the knee centred so that when players twist and turn on the knee, everything stays in the right place. Unfortunately, it's a really common injury, and when it tears, the ligament stretches and then ruptures, and the ends tend to come apart, which means it's very, very unusual or almost impossible for the ligament to heal naturally by itself. This means that once it's injured, players will continue to have problems with the knee giving way when they go to twist and turn. Okay. Um, And, you know, uh, looking specifically at uh, Arsenal forward Dan Carter, like I said, she she ruptured her cruciate ligament 14 months ago, came back in March, has been training and playing ever since, and she's re-ruptured exactly the same cruciate ligament um, this time around. Um, But the first time that she did it, she actually played on for seven minutes after the uh, the ACL tear until she had contact with the ball again and realised she couldn't continue. But the second time, she knew absolutely instantly. Are, are there different types of ACL rupture or tear that might create kind of different sensations? There are different types. and you, you can have a partial injury to the ligament and you can have a complete injury to the ligament. And sometimes it can just be stretched out a bit like a rubber band that's been overstretched but hasn't ruptured but it's really common for people to injure the ligament initially and often try to return to playing sometimes in the same game but more often they think they've just sprained the knee and they try to let it settle down but the next time that they do the movement where you need that ligament to keep the knee in the right place and they go to turn or twist and it doesn't do its job and then the knee buckles and gives way underneath them And so she probably injured it initially in the first injury, but didn't think much of it because she could still move in the straight line. It was just a little bit painful. 
And then when she went to turn and twist and rely on that ligament, it, it let her know that it wasn't working properly. And second time round, she'd be much more conscious and aware of that um, situation. And therefore, the sensation of the knee coming out of place will have drawn her up short and stopped her from being able to continue. It's, it sounds so painful, as we know, but our striker, Daniel Carter, as we mentioned, injured her ACL again for the second time recently. And she's only having her surgery today, despite suffering from the injury three weeks ago. Why, why is it a few weeks are required before surgery can take place? And what happens in that interim period? It's um, certainly been historically felt that if you have a big injury to the knee, where the knee bleeds and it becomes very, very swollen and inflamed, if you then rush into surgery in the very early period after that, there's a bigger risk of the knee becoming stiff and players having trouble with their flexibility following the surgery. That's still a little bit up for debate, but sometimes there are other injuries that need to be dealt with. It's almost um, always the case that players will need to have an MRI scan to assess the true extent of the injury to make sure that they haven't damaged something else as well, the joint surface, the cartilages within the knee or other ligaments so that the surgery can then be planned. And, and what exactly does the surgery entail? Like, Can you give us a brief overview of what, of what the recovery would be like? So the surgery that's most commonly performed for an ACL tear is a reconstruction operation, which is where another piece of tissue, often the player's um, central third of their patella tendon or their hamstring tendons, are harvested and then transported into the knee through keyhole surgery to remake the cruciate ligament with that bit of tissue. That creates a new biological ligament, but although it's all done in one operation, that piece of tissue has been moved from one place to another, and so it requires time to bed in to pick up a blood supply and to become a natural part of the player again, and that's why the rehabilitation takes such a long time. Um, Pete, it's said um, in kind of differing articles that I've read that female footballers in particular, I think athletes, are somewhere between four to six times more likely to rupture an ACL compared to a male counterpart. And I think there are a lot of theories doing the rounds for this, uh, you know, going from boots are generally made for men's feet, but also the kind of the wideness of, of hips in women. Um, and the kind of gait is slightly different, which sometimes creates a different landing. Why do you think it is that female footballers are so much more susceptible to this injury? It's definitely the case that female athletes, and especially rotational athletes, so footballers, basketball, um, netball, etc., are much more at risk of this injury. And as you say, there are a lot of different theories that have been um, bandied around. Things like the um, width of the pelvis and footwear haven't ever really been proven to, to make a big difference, although it's been suggested in the past. But things like the way that um, women footballers land from jumps and the way that the um, muscles around the pelvis and their thigh muscles interplay with each other has a really big effect on the rotational force that goes through the knee. And so there's been a huge amount of work done on jumping and especially landing mechanics for um, sports people in general, but especially female um, footballers, to try to reduce the risk of this injury. Uh, essentially, ladies tend to land with their knees coming in towards each other um, because it's more um, dignified um, 
historically, and that means that the knee tends to twist inwards and rotate around itself as, as they land on it, which puts them at a higher risk of the injury. And so landing mechanics and jumping is probably the most influential um, factor involved in ladies' um, ACL injuries, although other factors that are also probably play a part, um, such as the hormonal changes that they go through with them in regards to menstruation and the, the looseness of the ligaments and fatigue. So strength has a big part to play as well. Yeah, that, that leads me on to my next question, actually. Jordan Nobbs, a couple of months ago, you know, towards the end of her recovery she she gave an interview where she said um that she'd been on her period when she um ruptured her uh, anterior cruciate ligament and you know she she said she'd done some reading and and heard that there may be some kind of link she said that um on the day of the game where it actually happened she hadn't slept well the night before and she doesn't know if that had um some kind of some kind of influence but um she she spoke about kind of um the menstrual cycle being being a part of it do you do you think that there's there's a likely link there there has been a, a fair bit of medical um work done on this and um, looking at whether the menstrual cycle and those hormonal changes in lady athletes has an impact on um injuries and there does seem to be a, a connection there the the evidence is a little bit um, loose, as it were, so it's not a hard um, accepted fact, but there definitely seems to be some influence that the hormonal changes do have an effect on whether you're likely to injure a ligament. And there's even been some, some suggestion that using things such as the contraceptive pill to regulate those hormonal changes can reduce the risk of injury. Um, you mentioned that the evidence is pretty loose, but are you are you aware of any research going into this currently, like, is there anything that uh, practically that can be done to make women, female athletes, less susceptible to this type of inju injury? It's certainly been suggested the use of the pill can make a difference, but mm. the thing that's been made, that's shown to have the biggest um, impact in terms of reducing injuries in female athletes is that um, training with regards to strength work and yeah. jumping and how you land from a jump in terms of the, the positioning of the feet and the pattern. Um, there's been a, a huge amount of work done on that um, in youth um, football in the, in the States and in female football, and that definitely seems to have the biggest impact. Just touching back on Danielle Carter's injury, she's re-ruptured the same ACL she did last May. Will this make her physical recovery any different? And will the timeline alter drastically, or will it be purely a psychological task for her to get back on the pitch? No, it does have a bit a bit of an impact, and so the the risk of re-rupturing or, or re-tearing a cruciate ligament is in the single-digit percentages. But if it does happen, it makes the surgery a little bit more technically challenging second time round. It makes the rehab a little bit longer, and it makes the risk of a further injury actually a little bit higher. Yeah. And so that is is part and parcel of the the medical or the surgical side of it. But as you quite rightly say there's a massive psychological impact on tearing your cruciate ligament and going through that rehabilitation and if you have to do the exact same thing again almost like Groundhog Day it has a really big psychological impact on the player. Did you I'm not sure did you mention that it's in single digit figures that mean re-ruptures are common or not common? They're really um, they're not common thankfully oh. and so you know 90 um, to 95 percent of the time 
one reconstruction is all that would be required and people will return to the same level of sport. Unfortunately, that uh, with everything in medicine and especially surgery, there is a, a rate of failure where you have a further injury and the ligament re-tears or something else happens. And that can be you know, really devastating for the player because they have to go through the whole thing again. I think what was uh, just a a kind of final uh, question or observation here, Pete, Um, what was interesting in Danielle Carter's case is the first ACL injury she got, it was very much a landing. It was a tackle. She tried to hurdle it and she landed awkwardly. Um, The second time, it was slightly different in that um, she was already on the ground and had a bit of a collision and her knee buckled and I think her opponent landed on top of her and her knee buckled underneath and so the, the way the injuries happened was quite different. From, from the way that the second injury happens, is there any sort of suggestion at all that maybe um, the first sur- that there was any kind of problem with the first surgery, with the first reconstruction or uh, do you think that's quite unlikely? I think it's probably just bad luck. Players tend uh, are put through the rehabilitation process and they have testing through that process. And there are some what are called return to play criteria that players have to achieve before they're able to get back into full training and then in competitive play. And that centers very much around how the knee is moving, how the ligament feels on clinical assessment, but also on some objective testing around strength their ability to jump, land, change direction, hop for distance, and there are certain parameters that need to be met before you return to play. If you return before you're ready and the muscles aren't strong, the knee control isn't good, then you're definitely at a higher risk of re-injury. But in elite sport, it's not the case that that happens. So the, the clubs put them through their paces and really assess the players at the stage that they're ready to play. And so, unfortunately, this is just a bad luck thing that if you push something or bend something hard enough, then it'll break. Yeah, and and I think in this scenario as well, Dan had been back for four months. It wasn't like her first game back or anything. She she had been playing and she had been training and, and everything like that. So, um, yeah, that just sounds hugely unlucky for her. And yeah, yeah hopefully... It's an unfortunate thing, and then we tend to say this to to players and patients when they've torn a cruciate ligament that actually because of that increased risk in, in athletes having torn a cruciate ligament you're a little bit more likely to tear your other cruciate ligaments so mm. the one in the upper knee than you are to tear the graft that, that is put in and so it is just bad luck yeah that that is unfortunate and uh hopefully um kind of as we're recording jordan nobs is is just coming back hopefully um she'll come back safe and sound um, and the same player she always was Um, Pete Mm. that was absolutely fascinating thank you so much for that insight and not least so that the next time someone asks me about this I'll just keep this podcast (laughs) on file and just exactly just point them to this and and give them their answer Pete Gallagher thank you so much for your time really appreciate it that's great great to chat to you thank you 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So that was knee surgeon Pete Gallagher. And I don't know about you, Pippa, but I found that interview absolutely fascinating. Super insightful. I learned so much. I mean, there were times that I was uh, queezing a bit because I'm really not good with all those things. But um, he, he kind of went into a lot of detail. But it's, it was really intriguing to find out from that perspective uh, what the athletes go through and, and how they can come back. And just the process mentally and physically, it was really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I found what he said about like, um, you know, women uh, like for centuries have kind of been taught almost like that curtsy movement to put like their yeah. legs inwards to be yeah. like a bit more dainty and how like how much of an impact that has like throughout the generations just this like yeah. really old-fashioned ideal about how like women should purport and walk and how that's like having an impact on like female athletes so I, I find that absolutely amazing but um yeah but yeah it was it's hugely educational and we're, we're really grateful for to pete for giving up his evening a bit of his evening to talk to us um a couple of things i think to cover uh before we go pippa um mm-hmm. First of all, Champions League draw has been made since the last time we recorded. Yes. Fiorentina in the Champions League. Excited? Um, I'm super excited. I'm assuming you're already sorted. You're already going. You're sorted. I'm. I'm actually not. I can't go to the away leg now. Now they've, re- you know, they reversed the legs, right? So yeah, the away yeah. legs first, yeah. and uh, I'm actually going to be in Brazil. Um, so oh, nice. I'm, I'm not actually able to make the away leg. So I'm really hoping they get through so I can go to the next round. But I'll, yeah. I'll be at Meadow Park for the home leg. But um, definitely, I, I don't know. Do you know much about um, the a player they signed this summer, Lisa Devanna, the Australian striker? No, I do not. Why, so, what are you going to tell me about her? So Lisa Devanna uh, played under Joe Montemoro at Melbourne City. She signed for Fiorentina oh. this summer. And she has made no secret of the fact that she hates Joe Montemoro. <laughs> oh, wow. And yeah, if you look at her Twitter feed, you don't have to scroll too far down to see um, her express her displeasure towards Joe um, for the time oh. they spent together at Melbourne. And she's been very cryptic and not gone into detail. But um, right. this will be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 funny. I'm intrigued to see how that plays out. But also Yanni yeah. Anth as well. Yeah, she um, just recently joined. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's 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 quite interesting as well. Um, I you know I I'm kind of sad to see Yanni go. I th- I think she offered quite a bit of depth, but. Um, yeah, we didn't see we didn't see the best of her. I don't think. No, I I don't think so. And I think at her age, she probably thought that she wants to play a bit more often. Yeah. Um, other things to cover off just quickly first of all um, the news as well that from next season all WSL games will be streamed ungeo-blocked free of charge which is absolute result for me yeah (laughs) for everyone for everyone actually yeah 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 I I, I think it's good I I kind of understand the argument that um, 
you know, it, it kind of maybe cheapens the product by giving it away for free. And actually people should, I personally, I'd, what I'd have done is say like, you can stream all the games, but you have to pay like a pound or something for each game, like just to give people the idea of paying for it. But the fact that it's not geo blocked and the fact that people can watch worldwide, I think that's a huge thing, right? Yeah. But the only thing that concerns me is will it now affect attendances at games? Indeed, indeed. It's uh, it, whenever you get into these discussions with women's football, there's so much yin and yang. There's always like a drawback and an advantage. Yeah. And you're right. If they want two thousand people at every game, then maybe this will make it. You know, it's it's that kind of decision. Is this a television sport product or is this like yeah. a sport for people to watch? But um, nevertheless, I, I think certainly like for Arsenal fans and for lots of Arsenal fans based overseas, particularly in America, I think this is a huge thing because people. I don't about you people always ask me like how can i see the where game can I watch the ge- yeah, yeah i get a lot of tweets i'm always tagging your tweets where can you watch the game like, yeah I'm not quite sure to be honest yeah and you're like to be honest you can't really but now yeah. now people can and hopefully that would drive up a bit of interest and uh pippa just before we go season starts in kind of just under a week yeah um quick from you who is your Arsenal player to watch for this season? Who do you Ooh. think low-key is going to have a great season? I don't think this is low-key. I think this is quite obvious. I, I hope I'm not wrong, but I, judging by what I saw pre-season, I'm going to go with your Wood, new signing. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think she could. I think she could fit in really, really well. And, you know, that, that hat-trick against Spurs, obviously a brilliant way to start. Um, yeah. I. I'm I'm going to go with the new signing as well. I'm going to say Jen B too. I knew it. I knew it was going to go there. Yeah, she's back. Yeah, I always liked Jen when she was here first time round. But I just think I think she might take Louise Quinn's place in the team um, okay. and play alongside Leah, which is kind of a shame because Louise Quinn's oh, she'll still play loads, but she's been brilliant. Yeah. But I mean, I, it gives us more depth for the more games that we're playing. So exactly yeah exactly i i just think with jen because she used to be a striker i mm-hmm. think what she offers like from corners and free kicks gives us something we didn't have last season i think she's yeah. going to score quite a lot of goals um Ooh, actually that's a bold prediction yeah 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 so i'm i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna be like you and go with a new signing but i'm gonna say it's jen Beatty. so first game of the season home to West Ham United it's during the international break for the men so Mm -hmm. if you are in London or around the surrounding area come down to Borehamwood Sunday the 8th of September at Meadow Park it's a 2.30pm kickoff. otherwise you can watch it on the FA Player app which will be launched this week and yeah let's let's hope that um, Arsenal can live up to the mark they set last season yeah hopefully we'll see you there at Meadow Park <laughs> indeed indeed and we'll have uh, match reaction and match previews and all the stuff you usually get as well and we'll be back with another Arsenal Women Arse cast next month so thank you so much for joining us um, and we will see you soon see you guys
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 